friend, the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal is officially here. After seven years of creating this process, four years of teaching it in an annual goal-setting workshop, two years of having the idea for it to become a tangible journal, five months of creating it, it will be in your hands in a matter of weeks when you pre-order now. You can hear all about the what and why of this powerful toolkit in last week's episode and get yours today at elegantexcellence.com, which is linked below in the description. Today, I am taking you to Perry and sharing a bit about how one of my signature principles inside the journal shows up in my daily life or my Paris life and is sometimes why I stay home and eat pizza. You'll see what I mean. Here we go. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Today's topic is something I shared about in an Instagram post while I was in Paris back in August. So one night we had made plans to go down to the River Seine, this gorgeous river that runs through the heart of Paris, which we hadn't been to yet on that trip. We'd been there about a week at this point. We were there for two total. And we were going to do a picnic, see a festival that was happening in the beautiful Tuileries Gardens, bike down and watch the Eiffel Tower sparkle after dark. A classic Paris night, the one Instagram dreams consist of. And to be honest, we hadn't done much sightseeing. We had mostly stayed in our neighborhood and been working remotely from cafes as this was the working part of the trip. We were not on vacation. And that night, despite all of our beautiful best laid plans, I just felt like lying in bed. I don't know. I was just chill, happy, relaxed. So was Jeremy. He was feeling the same. But we're in Paris. Aren't we missing out if we don't go do Paris things, see Paris things, do things we can only do in Paris. And if you listen to my episode on travel personalities, I'll link that below, you know that we are, quote, be people. That's how we like to travel. We don't care about doing all the things, having the best food. We just love the energy of a place, a good wander. But still, am I missing out? Should I push through by, you know, desire at that moment to just like snuggle under my blanket with a glass of wine and do something parasy. Now, let me acknowledge for just a moment the quote first world problem here. Like major red alert, so stay with me here because what I'm sharing about today isn't about Paris. It's about the fear of missing out, which we all have. It just gets heightened when things have a deadline, which is what happens when you travel. So I find travel gives me a ton of clarity on life lessons because of the firm deadline of plane ticket. But I know some of you listening would give anything to go to Paris just once. You've never been. You would only be able to afford to be there for a few days and you would do all the things. And you should. We'll talk about that in a minute. But as I talk about this, consider what it is for you that makes you have these same thoughts. When are you lying in your bed wondering if you should go do something else? You're working on something and wondering if you should be working on something else. You're tired but afraid what will happen if you rest. So you're feeling one way, happy, productive, or tired, and then you think, oh no, maybe I need to go do something else to make me feel more happy, more productive, not feel guilty for being tired. Maybe there's a different kind of happy that will actually make me happier than the one I'm thinking of right now. So feeling torn that night really made me think, 
why do I feel or fear that I'm missing out? Who or where is this should coming from? Who told me that I should, in my case, go see the sights of Paris? And I realized that my thoughts were thoughts of scarcity. It ultimately came down to the kernel of there isn't going to be enough, enough time, enough experiences. I was telling myself that if I listened to myself, how I was feeling right now, what I thought I wanted, aka to stay inside our cozy apartment, I would later regret it. I wondered if the issue was feeling like there wasn't enough. So I asked myself, how would I feel if I felt like there was enough, plenty, more than enough of whatever it is that I want most? Like, what if I felt the opposite of lack of enough? What if I felt abundant? So travel is one of my top priorities. For you, a top life priority might be having kids or being a doctor, so you don't have that lifestyle of travel. But for me, it was a major reason I became an entrepreneur because I knew how much joy and fulfillment travel personally brings me. I grew up living abroad with my family multiple times, so I've made choices in my life to prioritize that over other things. So what if I feel abundant in travel? I've been to Paris before. I'll come again. This isn't my only time to do something, and that's a huge first thing. Because if this is your only chance to see Paris for a weekend, that's totally different. That's genuine scarcity. But if you have tons of opportunities to, say, serve at your church or your kid's school, well, it feels very different if your gut is resisting being asked to volunteer right now because you're just not sure you can take on one more thing. And you think, is this my only chance in life to do this? No. Oh. Okay, so maybe later will be the right time. So I told myself I have more than enough time in Paris, in both this trip and in my life. But mind you, that's not honestly how I felt. Because for me, knowing we'll be back in a year or two, that feels like a long time. So I was having to think a new thought that I do have enough time. If I zoomed out 10 years and five more trips, yeah, okay, with that bigger vision, I could do and see less this trip and see how it's not really going to matter in the long term. Five more trips later, 10 more years later. But we tend to think much more short term. Are people going to ask me in a couple of weeks if I did X or Y? In a couple of weeks, am I going to be lying on my bed at home thinking, oh, I have regret. I should have done more in Paris. I'm beating myself up. I'm disappointed in my life choices. So it was a choice to choose the thought, I have enough of this thing that's feeling scarce right now. It was a choice to look at the next 10 years of my life, abundant and spacious and full of possibility, rather than trying to gluttonously cram everything into right now. So I asked myself, what if I'm abundant in how many things bring me joy? Like, would a night out that we had planned bring me joy? Yeah. Am I also feeling joy just being cozy at home right now? Yeah. So I tested out telling myself, I have plenty of pleasure. I don't need to think one kind is better than another and leave this one to go chase that one. This is pleasurable enough. I really challenged myself on what a scarcity mindset I was having, that I was pressuring myself from a place of fear to not make the wrong choice and instead, I started declaring my affluence. I have an abundant life of travel. I'll be in Paris dozens more times in my life. Because imagine if I do go to Paris a dozen more times, and every time I feel like I'm missing out, not doing enough. 
that doesn't sound like a very lovely, magical, inspired, appreciative way to have those experiences, right? And yet, how often do we do this? We have friends, but we don't feel like we have enough friends in our life. We run our business, but we want our business to be even bigger. If you're an entrepreneur, you have X amount of Instagram followers or likes on a post, but it's not enough. You want more followers. You want more likes. Your body is healthy and it's functioning, but you want it to lose just a little bit more weight. Whatever it is, we feel like we don't have enough of this thing we want that we do have. We do have a healthy body. We do have at least one friend in our life. We do have people on Instagram who are supporting our business or our creativity. And I wonder what would happen if we challenged ourselves to think, maybe I have plenty. I have enough. Now, there are areas in life where we don't have enough, and that is okay to acknowledge. We desperately want to be married, have a baby, be out of debt. And I'm not saying that we settle and pretend that's enough. I'm talking about the areas where we do have enough. Our brains just default to constant fear or scarcity that we don't have enough, a skinny enough body, as opposed to being like, actually, I do have a a functioning healthy body. I am not morbidly obese. I am not putting bad things into my body, but that is a different mindset. I have enough money, whether that's the amount I'm saving every month or the amount that I'm spending that I could reallocate to build wealth. I actually do have enough right now that I could save a little more or invest a little more if I shifted things around a little bit. I heard a study recently of 10,000 millionaires, and I can't recall what podcast I was listening to when I heard this, but it was they studied 10,000 millionaires, and they found that their average annual income was $52,000 a year. A ton of these millionaires that they studied were, that happened to be in the study of the millionaires happened to be school teachers. Most of us would not believe that $52,000 a year or being a school teacher is enough to become a millionaire. But the people who believed they had enough totally proved the rest of us wrong, <laughs> who might be in industries where we have seemingly a lot more financial freedom or we have the ability to make over that amount or over that amount collectively in our family. But these people believed what I think most of us don't and proved us wrong that they did have enough. And affluence is a word that, speaking of millionaires, we tend to think of means lavish lifestyle, like flying first class, staying at the Ritz, wearing expensive clothes, and eating at the fanciest restaurants. That is an affluent life. That is an abundant life. That is not the way we do Paris. <laughs> That's not the kind of life that we have. Like literally what I wanted to do that night was stay home and eat pizza and drink cheap wine because wine is super inexpensive over in France. It's like four bucks for a bottle of wine on the balcony of our teeny tiny little Airbnb that was like a quarter of the size of our apartment in New York City. But to me, this thought of affluence is about seeing the areas in our life where we do have enough or plenty of what matters most to us. So could we take more? Sure. Who wouldn't want more time or love or money or success or friends or travel? But are we missing out until we get there? And how would it feel if we told ourselves not that we need more, but that we have enough if we choose that piece? And again, sometimes we don't have enough. We feel incredibly lonely. We are miserable in our job or we're in debt. But I'm also curious if we focused on having enough in all the areas of life that we do, 
might we feel lighter and more optimistic in the one or two areas that we really do crave more? Like, would it feel less daunting? Would we have more hopeful energy around those one or two things? Would we have more gratitude and appreciation that helps make the areas we feel lacking in just a little less heavy, hurtful, and hard? So the second part of this, I believe, is knowing what are the areas that you specifically want to feel abundant in and which ones you don't. One of my favorite books is called Essentialism by Greg McCowan, The Rare Path of Choosing Less But Better. I will link that book below. I make all of my students and my mastermind read that. But to use this time in Paris as an example, I am not abundant in money to fly first class, stay in a fancy hotel. I'm not abundant in experiences of high-end restaurants. I didn't come home abundant in designer clothes or pricey vintage pieces. By not spending money in those areas, I can afford to have a lifestyle of an extended travel because we live pretty cheaply while we're there. I am not abundant in volunteering. Before we met, Jeremy did a ton of volunteer work. That was just like a core part of his life, which is so amazing, and I love that about him. But I am abundant in the opportunities I have to help and serve people through my company. So I don't have to feel guilt, shame, or pressure that I'm not abundant in a different way of helping people. And I use that as an example because essentialism means you have 10 wonderful things you could say yes to, and you pick the two best. That serving people in the volunteer capacity or running a purpose-driven business, both of those are wonderful endeavors. But what if you can't do both? There are so many things in Paris that you could spend money on. There are so many things in life you could spend money on that you could decide, actually, instead of trips to Paris, I've decided to raise six amazing human beings as children. That is a wonderful choice. And in going to Paris, you could say, I'm going to not spend money on all this other stuff. I'm going to be here for longer. Or you might say, I will only be in Paris for three days, but gosh darn it, I'm going to do it up right. I want to stay in the nicest places, whatever it is. Like You might be in affluent in a household of six loving little kids you are raising to become incredible humans. You're affluent in the incredible church you're helping build. You're affluent in community. You host book clubs and small groups and neighborhood activities. You're affluent in how many opportunities you have to be speaking at conferences across the United States. But likely those four people are not also abundant in extended travel because you don't want to be away from your kids, your church, your communities, those stages that you're overflowing with love and blessing and opportunity, purpose, joy, and calling it. So for me, I want to be affluent in things like time being present, my energy, and creativity. And so a lot of being in Paris for me was just chilling, getting inspired, doing research. And by research, I mean I spent a ton of time on my phone and computer. I don't mean I was wandering museums or paying attention to what people on the streets of Paris were wearing for their clothing. And honestly, I came home so refreshed, inspired, and encouraged. I don't want to be personally affluent in how many things I've done, seen, or experienced if the other option is to be affluent in my energy and creativity. So in Paris, that meant thinking of all the options like a list. What could I do? I could go to museums, do photo shoots for the blog and Instagram, take day trips, go shopping, visit restaurants, rest and creativity. 
And when I added for myself rest slash creativity to the list, it made me perfectly fine choosing that. Staying home and filming an IGTV for you rather than going to one of the many restaurants that people DM me that we, quote, must go to. The game changer was adding rest and creativity as a, quote, to-do option. Rather than only looking at the Paris events and feeling like a bum for choosing not to do any of them. Oh, I'm just going to stay home. I'm staying home and doing nothing because I'm not doing anything on this list. Actually, I was choosing and I was doing something. I was choosing that what I wanted most was rest and creativity. And that might have been sitting on our bed with a beautiful view out our little balcony. So when I see it as a list and I prioritize what matters most to me, Then I realize that I'm not missing out. I'm choosing wisely. I'm being an essentialist. I'm saying yes to what I want most. And of course, I have to say no to some other things, but I don't want to say no to my top priorities. So this two-part anecdote to FOMO is one part enough and one part essentialism. In your business, enough looks like counting all of your blessings versus noticing what you don't have. Make a list of everything you do have. Watch your language, your thoughts, and your feelings of how much you focus on what you don't have yet. Opportunities and numbers. What if you do have enough for this year, this season? What if enough people are liking or following your Instagram to bring you the customers that you need to pay your bills and hire more help this season? I heard the CEO of a beauty brand on a podcast the other day talking about how for years they kept getting turned down to get into Sephora and other shops, and it was just devastating. But 100%, she sees that if it had happened earlier, they would not have had the infrastructure to support that massive growth. It happened at the right time, and she's now literally a billionaire, which is hard to even comprehend. But looking back, she had enough each year enough encouragement, enough growth, enough revenue. She wanted more, but when she looked back, she could realize that she had enough to get her to the right time for more, that the more she wanted actually could have been too much too soon. So in your business, essentialism looks like making a list of all your options and ordering that list as far as what comes first. You could speak, could be on Pinterest, could write a book, could launch a course, partner with a brand, grow your Instagram, master Facebook ads, a million things. What matters most to start with first? And then when, like me, you're choosing a book over speaking and you feel that twinge of FOMO when you see someone else speaking at a cool event, you know, and and you see it on Instagram, you're like, oh man, I wish I was speaking at that event. And you remember, oh wait, if I had to miss out on writing my book or speaking, I would not want to miss out on my book. So I chose wisely. I'm not missing out on anything that's essential to me in this season. In your marriage, affluence looks like saying, I want to have a deeper relationship. I could have more dates and sex and adrenaline if I had an affair, if I had an open relationship. But what feels abundant to me is not more opportunities and experience, but depth and longevity, and partnership. In your marriage, essentialism looks like making a list of everything you'd love to have more of in your relationship. More spontaneity, more planning ahead, more date nights out, more romantic nights in, more long talks, more going to Broadway shows. And you order them for which matters most, and you focus on getting enough 
of the ones at the top that matters most. In friendship, enough looks like making a list of all your friends and look back over your calendar and write down the times that you've hung out or heard from people in the last few months. Have you actually seen people more than you realize? Or look at your phones and your your texts, your DMs for when you had connection. Are people actually texting or texting you back? But your thought is, no one reaches out. I never get invited to anyone. I I hardly have anyone in my life. I haven't heard from people in forever. Or if it's been, quote, forever, has it actually only been a few weeks? If you're feeling lonely, I would guess that you, like me, have more connection than you realize. That when we're feeling lack, we look for the lack. We notice the lack. And if there truly isn't enough, if this is one of the areas in your life where there isn't enough, then we take action. I will link my episode on friendship below and how I truly took action in a season of my life to cultivate more friendships. And that was because of essentialism. If I had to make a list at that time in my life, having more, better, deeper friendships was one of the top areas that was important to me that I didn't have enough in. So I prioritized that over other things. And by the way, there's an exercise in the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal called The Path. And I'll mention it again in a minute, but using that this summer to check in on what I really want as I was creating the journal again, this season, friendship actually wasn't the top priority. But I never would have realized that if I hadn't been using my journal. I was even able to walk Jeremy through the exercise when he got home from work that night, make sure he agreed. And then as a couple, we were more clear on what our priorities were. So we felt less fear or failure that we weren't doing certain things and more peaceful and could remind one another hey, this is what matters most to us in this season. So that journal has really been a gift in my marriage. And it also serves as a great reminder that what is a top priority in one season of our life, that may have shifted. And we may need to sit down and rediscover that again in the journal. Or something that you were lacking in, you may now have enough. And you may not have adjusted your mindset, something else we talk about in the journal, to realize, oh, that's an old story from last year. Actually, now... I do have enough in that area. So in saying all of this, I want to confess that I struggle with FOMO all the time. If you've heard me teach about the wand, it's this exercise that I I try to do daily so that I can be more aware of my thoughts and feelings. And I'm going to teach on that again in a free live workshop coming up in early December. So if you don't think that you get emails from me, I put a link below so that you don't miss uh, that invite. You can get on that email list. But In this exercise of the wand, you start out by listing the circumstance that you're wrestling with. And I'd say 90% of the time I do it, my circumstance is, quote, my schedule. I have too much on my to-do list, not enough hours, I'm behind. If you can relate, the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal is your friend, my dear. But sometimes this is a daily way of living that we are challenging. Are there enough hours in the day? Have I taken on too much because of some belief that less isn't enough. And other times, it's a specific scenario, like being on a trip and trying to be at peace with what you choose to do there. But a few things that are helping me are, number one, enough. Declaring that there is enough of what matters most and focusing on it, looking for the enough, celebrating the enough, declaring the enough. And number two, essentialism. Listing out my options to choose those that I want. So that when others poke their head up and taunt me that I'm missing out, I can feel confident that, no, actually, 
thanks for speaking up, but I've chosen what I want. I choose the things that matter most. So the things I'm missing, that was an intentional choice. And I'm not going to go running and, and chasing them just because they popped up unexpectedly or they screamed the loudest in that moment. Or I saw one person on Instagram do something and suddenly I'm off on a whole other path. No, I'm an essentialist. I know what matters most and I'm not going to be swayed by what other people are doing or saying. And then finally, in the next one, three, 10 years, will there be time for this? This is something we're going to work on together inside the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal when you get yours. But we, myself included, are so impatient. If you could do, have, be all the things in your career, relationship, travel, money, home, volunteering, friendship, all the things, if you could have enough of all of it in the next 10 years, wouldn't you just exhale and chill right now? Because that's great. It's all coming. It's all going to be here in the next decade. But if you can see that path, then you're in less of a hurry for it to be now. And that specific exercise I teach called the path is the other core concept that I'm going to be teaching in that free live workshop in early December that really helps us to walk backwards, that 10-year vision, into three, into one, into six months, and see that it is this clear path that we're headed on that so allows us to not have the fear and the scarcity that maybe we're headed in the wrong direction, or we're not far enough, or we're not running fast enough, or we actually need to be trying to juggle three different paths at once. So you'll have even more clarity on this soon, but here's the last thought that I want to leave you with. You have to know what you want to know if you have enough. Because the world will tell us we should want a million things. More clothes, less weight, more money, more fame, more sex, and on and on and on. So next week, we have a very special episode of the podcast in which I'm going to help you uncover your dreams. I've been working on this one for a while based on some conversations with my girlfriends, and you will not want to miss it. But you knowing your dreams and then seeing your life as one long path where one goal waterfalls into another It's clear which one takes you off on a detour and having the tools to move those dreams and goals forward with the wisdom to notice that it's our thoughts and approach and shifts every day that truly are what make our dreams happen and matter when we look back over the last year and wonder how we ended up somewhere or why we aren't as far as we want to be. All of that is why I created the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal and What's Inside. Pre-orders are open now, so you can have yours ship in time for that live workshop in early December, during which we'll kick off this journey together and have plenty of spacious time throughout December and the holidays to plan out our 2020 and not feel behind, rushed, or scrambling come the new year. So whatever your dream, to go to Paris, to stay home and eat pizza with your favorite guy, to have six babies or a six-figure business... If you want to approach life with elegant excellence, believing there is enough, choosing to be an essentialist, you are welcome here. And you're welcome in advance. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately are turmeric ginger lattes. The thing is, I never noticed them on a menu, but then I took a gut microbiome test I'm doing a second round of it this winter, and if I feel like I can better discern any changes and benefits, I will tell you what it is. Right now, I'm not ready to endorse it because I don't know if it's made a difference, but one of the things it tells you are what your superfoods are, what things you should be eating more of 
theoretically to balance out your gut microbiome. Gut microbiome. So turmeric and ginger are two of mine. And yes, I'd heard of those things. I know they're anti-inflammatory. I know they're good for us. But I just hadn't looked outside of my go-to rut to realize, okay, those foods aren't really necessarily sprinkled on my salad or my morning eggs. And I don't drink smoothies. But like, huh, I could just put them with almond milk in the morning. And I wouldn't have taken that risk of like, oh, what if I don't like it? I don't want to spend, you know, on this drink. That might sound expensive to you, but welcome to Brooklyn. But um, suddenly I had this new motivation of, I'll just give it a whirl. Like worst case, I don't love the way it tastes, but I ate some good things and I don't have to get it again if I don't really want to. So research the benefits of turmeric and ginger for yourself. Consider buying or making a latte as a way to consume them. But most of all, an encouragement to take notice if there's more diversity you could add to what you eat and drink, to maybe take a broader glance at the menu of the places that you go to or shake up your meal planning and you might find something healthy and delicious that you just haven't tried before. And this, of course, is coming from the girl who does not cook, but is aware of the habit ruts we get into in our closet. So maybe we think about the same thing when it comes to our nutrition and try some new vegetables this season that have different vitamins than the ones we're getting. Oh, but beware, turmeric stains. So be extra careful with that bright yellow cover when you've got, let's just say hypothetically, a white marble coffee table or a favorite cream sweater on. Not speaking from experience, just saying. Oh goodness, that's not all. Tell them one more thing, Hillary. PPS, one more thing I'm loving is being surprised. A couple months ago, my COO said that he thought we would sell 2,000 copies of the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal, and that sounded way too high to me. I remember the first time he said it, thinking, what? And I guess I was thinking, like, 500? Well, in the first three days of pre-orders, we sold over 1,000. In three days. So thank you for listening leaning in and speaking up so we can try to get even more in stock. Half the covers are are already sold out and we don't plan to restock those, but do choose from the six gorgeous colors available before those sell out as well at elegantexcellence.com. And if you have any questions about the journal, there are a ton of FAQs over on my Instagram profile at Hillary Rushford. There's a pinned IG stories on my profile called EEJ FAQs. So I'll see you there with grace and gumption. Till next Wednesday.